This week, my guest is Mitch Moncur of Denny's Automotive. Sit back because you don't want to miss it. Hey guys, welcome back to another edition of Ratchet and Wrench Radio, strategies and inspiration for auto care success. I'm your host, Chris Jones, and today my guest is Mitch Moncur from Denny's Automotive. If you recall, Mitch was the cover of the October issue and part of the feature with Chris Knuth talking about talent cultivators, how they raise up apprentices. And today, Mitch is going to take you behind the curtain and walk you through his entire process for how he develops high school age apprentices for his shop. That said, you might want to have a notebook handy because he's given all the details today. So without further ado, here's Mitch. Hey Mitch, welcome to Ratchet and Wrench Radio. Hey Chris, how you doing? Thank you for having me on, man. Pleasure to be here. Absolutely. So you're the co-owner of Denny's Auto in Riverton, Utah. Tell us how you got into the auto repair business. You know, Chris, that is a uh, uh, Kind of an interesting story. When I was growing up, um, I wanted nothing to do with this industry. Um, just seeing the stress that my grandpa and my parents went through owning a shop, I was like, I don't want this at all. Um, so I decided to go to college, learned that I am not a student in the slightest. <laughs> but there was something always drawing me back when I was in college. I went to the University of Utah for like a semester. Um, ended up saving up some money and bought an old Mustang and tore the engine apart. Once I saw how the engine worked, I dropped out of the University of Utah and joined a trade school the next day. And uh, yeah, started working myself up from the emissions and inspection guy to quick lube to um, here, essentially. And I got here by noticing there was some help that was needed that uh, the roles weren't being fulfilled. So I kind of uh, educated myself, stepped up, uh, became a general manager, learned that, hey, this can be a very, very rewarding industry in multiple ways if you run it right and if you have the right attitude. So I changed my attitude about being a business owner and uh, struck a deal. And that's how I got here. Now, Denny's is a multi-generational shop, right? Started by your grandfather? Correct. Yes. Uh, he opened the shop in 1963. My dad joined the team in 1987, 1988, and he became a partner in 1992. I joined the team in 2010 and became a partner in uh, 2018. Wow. How much has that shop or the business changed over the past you know, six decades? I know you don't know all the way back, but I mean, just from observing your father and grandfather and then now you being installed as the co-owner. Yeah, so... You know, it's, it's interesting because you can see the different leadership styles um, from Denny to my dad to myself. And that is where I noticed the most difference is in the employee engagement arena, how the trust is built, the culture of the shop and all that fun stuff. Um, you know, like when my grandfather was running the shop in the 60s and 70s, he had that 60s, 70s style of leadership, right? Where it's very hardcore, my way or the highway. Nothing wrong with that for that day and age. There's something wrong with it now, but uh, he was very successful at it. And so it's interesting seeing the OG service writers and technicians here 
adapt to different leadership styles. And it's also a challenge for, for me to adapt to how they're adapting to it, you know? So that's where I noticed the biggest difference. Right. So walk us through the shop. You know, how many bays do you guys have? How many square feet? What's the size of your staff? So we have, okay, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. We have ten racks. Four of those uh, racks are double deep. So I don't really count it as ten bays. I count it as like uh, six and a half bays, more or less. Square footage-wise, Chris, I should know that, but I have no idea how big the shop is square footage-wise. But we have four men, two service riders, one CSR, Dwayne, George, Aaron, three technicians, a quick lube guy, and two apprentices. Awesome. Yeah, very robust staff. So last time we talked, you know, it was for our October feature, and you're actually the cover for the issue. What do you think about that? Was that surprising to you? That was incredibly surprising. When I uh, saw that, I got goosebumps. It was a very um, humbling experience. You know, it's, a, it's an incredible honor to be featured on the cover of your favorite trade magazine. You know, that's that's pretty rad, dude. So, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, it, was, it was cool, you know, and it's, uh, it's very humbling that uh, yourself and the other editors and writers at Ratchet and Wrench thought that that story was worthy of being on the cover and helping other shop owners. That's that's awesome. Yeah, and so speaking of helping other shop owners, you know, you shared with us before in the story your approach to finding and developing apprentices. Can you talk us through that? Yes. Um, so that's this has kind of turned into my passion is the apprenticeship stuff. Um, still fairly new at it, um, but uh, my apprentices right now are rock stars. I almost, I almost swore right there. I'm trying not to swear on the show, but uh, <laughs> they, they are amazing. Um, beforehand, when we tried it, we tried to get people that were just out of high school. Um, so like 18, 19 year old uh, guys and gals, you know, and I don't know if it's a me thing or a them thing, but I have a very hard time relating and finding those people that are humble enough to admit that they need help. I was the same way when I graduated graduated high school. I was kind of a, a, a knucklehead, you know. I thought I kind of knew everything and thought I had the world by the tail. So we kind of changed up our target audience for attracting apprentices. We decided to go, let's go a little bit younger. So we started going for 16 to 17-year-olds, and that has been incredible because these kids are just, they're getting their first cars, right? They're getting their driver's license, so they're driving around, they're tinkering with their own cars in their driveways and they're finding this industry to be very sexy and they haven't had any time to become corrupted by the industry the bad side of the industry right there's good bad side it's you know whatever uh, they haven't been had time to be corrupted by the stereotypes the negative stereotypes of the industry i'll put it that way um they're curious they're humble and they're eager to learn and that is our new target audience when we're trying to attract an apprenticeship make the industry look sexy, make the shop look sexy. And uh, they're loving it. They're digging it. They feel challenged. We feel challenged. And so it's a win-win. Right. And speak to the process of how you're collaborating with, you know, the schools, whether it's through the automotive program or through guidance counselors. Like, how are you reaching out to these juniors and seniors and getting them brought into the shop? You know, that is an awesome question, Chris, because for the longest time I was talking to the wrong people. Um, I was trying to reach out to principals of high schools and uh, uh, automotive teachers directly. Um, had some mild success with that, but not the kind of success that we were looking for. So we en actually ended up going to the school district 
and we talked to a lovely lady named Angie at the school district, and she talked to the principals and talked to the auto teachers for us on our behalf and kind of gave them what we have to offer. And that is when applications started coming in left and right. So we really had to find the right person to talk to. But now we have a great relationship with uh, the auto teachers at uh, our local high school. We have a great relationship with the uh, school district. So that's that was our biggest challenge in finding them is talking to the right people. Yeah, because uh, a lot of these kids, they're not on Facebook or anything like that. You know, they're on like the, the TikTok and stuff like that, which is cool. But I'm not that good at that technology yet. So I'm still learning it. So I needed help finding them. So you mentioned like talking to the right people, like for, for shop owners who may want to explore a program like that, how important is it to get your feet on the ground with the right people quickly, as opposed to, you know, finding out that you were, you know, in communication or you've been playing email tag with all the wrong people for too long? Uh, for us, that was crucial. That was uh, the thing that was holding us back the most, you know, so yeah, finding the right people to talk to is the most important thing that you can do when you're wanting to start an apprenticeship program because those teachers and the guidance counselors and the school districts they can make this sound really really cool and uh, they relate to those kids on a level that i'm not quite capable or i don't have the opportunity to communicate them on that level so that that is that's the whole crux of this whole thing for us anyway to get it to work we had to find that right person to talk to Okay. And once you've gotten the, the guys you want to work with, these, these teams that you want to work with, how are you developing them into technicians? Yeah. So what we're doing is they're starting off very basic. Um, and by basic, I mean technician basic, not pick up a broom and sweep basic. Because um, I don't want these kids to come in and have to be doing grunt work. I want them to come in and learn, right? I want them to feel challenged right off the bat not doing what I did, they need to be responsible for their areas and keep it clean, of course, you know, but like uh, we talked, last time we talked, we talked about tires. These kids, they have to get signed off on tires. They have to get signed off on oil changes, our courtesy inspection process. They have to show me that they know how to navigate our POS system on their end. And that all, it's like a three-step process, right? I'm going to teach them. I'm going to observe them. And then they are going to teach me how to do all those things. Um, uh, last time we talked, it was the, the kid had a uh, we call him Squid. His name's Jerem, but uh, we'll, we'll refer to him as Squid because that's his nickname. Squid was struggling with tires, right? So he kept at it, and I wouldn't pass him off yet because he wasn't able to answer all my questions. Now he can answer all my questions with amazing confidence and amazing ability. So now he's moving on to brakes, and uh, it's not my job necessarily to teach them how to do brakes. It's their mentor's job how to teach them how to do brakes or whatever they're working on at that time. And I love playing dumb, man. I'm pretty good at it. And they, the, the kids get a little bit of a kick out of it. And then they're like, okay, no, wait, this is, okay. We're, we're trying to sign this off now. Like, let's get serious, you know? Yeah, and how important is that? You know, how important is it for them to be able to read back to you everything they learn so that they understand? It's crucial because, like, the big picture, my big plan, and I told uh, uh, Squid and, and Muffins this, like, um, if you stay with this business, long enough, you're going to have to be a mentor. So you're going to have to develop a teaching style and a leadership style on your own. And I'm going to be here to help you out with it, but you need to be able to teach this material. So it's crucial that they're able to teach me how to do it. 
because I'm going to be gentle on them, you know, and I'm going to be able to correct them if they make an error. But when they're when they're in a mentorship position, there's no room for that. They have to be able to know inside and out why they're doing this, why they're doing it this way. Um, it's just going to make them a successful technician. No, and I love that you're teaching them leadership right off the bat, because one of the kind of core tenets of leadership is that a leader develops other leaders, and you're teaching them how to develop themselves, read it back to you, and then have the, the capacity to have a teaching style to teach other people. So you're already planting that seed in their mind that they're one day going to do this for somebody else. Absolutely. That's, you're right. That's like the ultimate goal of leadership, right, is to develop other leaders. And that opens up so many opportunities, and it just gives you so many more options in life. If you can lead people and develop people to be better than you are, that's the, for me anyway, that's my whole goal in my career. I want everyone to work for me to be better than I am. <laughs> right. Now, you mentioned before that you weren't like their primary trainer. Who in the shop is working with you to train these young men and women? Um, so I, I'm really leaning on my foreman, Joe. Um, he is brilliant, right? He, he's very, very smart. He's very, very good at what he does. And uh, I kind of told Joe, like, hey, this is kind of the outline that I want them to go on, right? Right now, they're quick lube, general service guys. I want them to eventually get up to A level. So Joe and I have been working really closely lately as to what are all the responsibilities of general service? What are the responsibilities or tasks, I guess, of a C-tech, B-tech, A-tech? I really don't like those categories of technicians because they're people. But so Joe's been kind of working on that. And so, like, our front end guy. He specializes in front end work. So when it's time for them to get to that B level and they're diagnosing uh, uh, worn suspension parts or whatever, replacing, removing and replacing stuff, they're going to go over with Dwayne. And Dwayne is a rock star at that kind of stuff. If they're at the C level stuff, we're going to send them over to Aaron and Dwayne. They're at high B, we're going to send them over to George. When they get to A level, there'll be Joe's personal assistant. Um, so it kind of all depends on where they're at in the program. And so how long is your apprenticeship program with these um, students? It's designed to be two years because um, I wanted to get them in at 16 when they graduate high school, have a, a job opportunity for a career path either here or at another shop. Uh, but then a lot of it depends on, you know, are they able to be here full time? Can they only be here half uh, part time? Do they play sports in high school? If they play sports in high school, I can't expect them to be here even part-time, right? It's going to be like a severely limited part-time. So a lot of it's up to them. We're just trying to be somebody that can be there and support them. And if they're playing high school football, far out, man, go rock it on the field. And then when you're having off day, come rock it at the shop too. Because um, I want them, they're still kids. So they need the opportunity to be kids or be teenagers you know they need that opportunity to socialize themselves and make friends outside of the shop too um, but when they are at the shop it's game on so yeah two years full-time if they're not able to do that it's going to be a little bit longer but a lot of it depends on their drive and uh, how quickly they can learn and pick things up as well so there's a lot of variables in there that we have to account for and something that you know i learned about you the last time we spoke is you're deeply a character guy, like you're someone who likes to develop the entire person, whether it's professionally or personally. Do you apply that same, that same principle when working with these young men, like helping them to understand who they are personally as well as professionally? Oh, absolutely. That's a, whenever we hire somebody, that's one of our requirements, right? You have to grow not only as a technician or a service writer or a professional in this industry, 
you have to grow as a human being as well. Like if you only work here for two weeks, Chris, I expect a better version of Chris after those two weeks than when you started two weeks ago. Um, and that might mean better being a better uh, husband, boyfriend, girlfriend, partner in life, whatever it is, uh, father, brother, friend. I want them to be better human beings at the end of this. Um, that's that's critical for me. If they're not growing as a human being, then it, we need to sit down and find out what, what are they struggling with and what can we do as a business help them get over that struggle so they can truly know who they are and apply all the skills that they have and even the skills that they don't know that they have. They need that confidence boost. And uh, yeah, it's, it's character is huge. You know, and that's if we can train them to be better humans and uh, really grasp onto their strengths, that's going to open up more doors for them later on in the road, too. Even if it's not at Denny's Auto, maybe it'll be at one of my competitors or uh, someone out of the industry. They're going to have good life skills by the end of it. What do you find to be most rewarding about your job in, in teaching these young people how to harness their passion for the auto industry? What's most rewarding about it is seeing that light bulb go off when something makes sense for them. That is incredible. And uh, seeing them grow as young men and young women is incredible. You know, you see them struggling with something. It could be something that's just total BS, you know, like uh, I got a, in a fight with my high school buddy or whatever, you know, and you see them critically think and problem solve through that. And they come up with an answer on their own and you're just there supporting them, not giving them the answer. That is incredible. That That is really, really cool. I love seeing that. Awesome. Hey, Mitch, well, thank you for your time today. No, thank you, Chris. Thanks for having me on, man. Always Absolutely. Nice to chat with you. Absolutely, man. We definitely appreciate your contribution to the magazine for the month of October and especially for being our, uh, our cover guy. Oh, that's, that's awesome. And that'll do it for us here today at Ratchet & Wrench Radio. May the rest of your day be the best of your day. And we'll see you next week.